Why is everyone making themselves look old? Like, I'm trying to figure out when I pull the trigger on Botox, and everyone else is using some app that I'm sure gives their information to the Russians to make themselves look old. I'm just like, I don't understand that. I'm in a grumpy mood today, so this should be a doozy. Nice. Um, yeah. I can tell. It's, there's, huh? a, there's a tension in the can air. You, you can just tell I'm grumpy? A little bit, yeah. Well, That's uh, okay. Yeah. You want to know what? You can't be in a good mood every day. Um, and as I was coming over, I was like, I don't want to do this. Um, and, you know, that's the interesting thing about doing this, is that, like, you can't just not do it. And I love to not do things when I'm not in the mood. Um, but that showbiz, baby, so just got to do it. Um, uh, okay. Do you just have a general grumpiness, or is there an impetus for the... No, there's the no reason. You know, just some days you wake up grumpy. Um, I think I'm like, it's me today. I, I don't know if I'm actually grumpy or if it's just like I'm having to do battle with the chemical imbalance in my brain. Um, and I just, You know, sometimes you yeah. just want to like succumb to it and be like, I'm sad, so I'm going to stay in bed. But that wasn't an option, which is good. Um, so yeah, I don't know. How are you? What's going I'm, on? I'm doing well. I'm pretty mellow. Like oh, uh, good. things are, but that's me, right? That's right. that's kind of part of the my intrigue for this podcast and our conversations together is like I sometimes feel like a robot, mm. and I I really tend to not have the highs and lows. Mm, yes, and which I, is a blessing and a curse. Mm, but like, sure, actually, what's what's that like? Not like. What's it like being emotionally balanced? <laughs> well, I don't know that it's balanced. I don't know. It's it's interesting for sure. I mean, I I feel like I just don't get riled up too much either way. Right. Like, there are certainly times where you need to get riled up, um, whether that's positive or negative. But like, yeah. I mean, uh, I think the real key is like having some sort of like control, and. I mean, my my therapist is always like, so do you feel like you have control over your emotions? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? Does it look like it? <laughs> so last night I had drinks with my old colleague and friend Kim, and uh, she kept being like, we, we, we got kind of lit, to be honest. Uh, she's wonderful. And um, she was like, wow, you just are so emotionally aware. And I was like, yeah, I paid a lot of money for that. Like... <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of times in a, a lot of time in a soft chair to get that awareness. So, um, which, by the way, I believe everybody should see a therapist. I never have. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious about the process. I'm curious, like <laughs> I could I could write a thesis on therapists. Um, they're good. They're important. Um, even if like uh, I don't know. I mean, do you find that your your therapist gives you tools to work on, or is it? Yeah. What's the format that usually works best for you? For like, me? Because a lot of it, you know, appears to be like venting. Yeah. A lot of it appears to be like it's... them just prompting you to kind of come up with your own solutions for, or, I think, or questions. Yeah, I think for me, um, that's interesting. For me, it's been very much like, so I'm, I'm pretty self-aware, uh, which is good. But I think that like, I tend to have like recurring, I find myself in the same sort of emotional place over and over again. Um, and so there's various, various examples for that. Like, you know, like today I woke up and was like, oh, I feel like I'm struggling with, you know, depression and whatever, which is fine. 
Um, but like, it's interesting because I can be like now at least I know when I can sort of feel it coming on mm-hmm. and like not have the the same uh, or at least like I feel like I have the tools to like know what's happening and be conscious of it and not have such a like impulsive reaction. I mean, like I'm wildly impulsive, um, but so I, I think that has been helpful. Does that like help you give a get a grasp on it sooner? Rather it doesn't than help like, me get a grasp on well, it. It helps me. Uh, no, but it, it, that, that's a good question. It doesn't help me get a grasp on it because I don't feel like that's the case. But it helps me. Uh, maybe not like spiral as deep because mm-hmm. it's just like okay you know like you know just like you, you know that it won't always feel like this it just like I guess it's self-awareness um, so for me it's been good um, and like I I have very very clear uh, tendencies with like um, I don't know just like like it's really for me it's about breaking patterns of behavior sure and I don't know. So some in some ways it's been helpful, in some ways not. But like, you know, it's it's also good. It's like I, I don't know. I love going to the therapist. I call him my talking doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. good. Yeah. Um, let's see what's going on in the real world out there. It's hot as hell everywhere. Yeah. It's even hot here. Even in Minnesota, like it's like ninety degrees. And it's interesting here. People, you know, like it gets. It can be 10 degrees below zero and life goes on as normal, but it's very interesting. I feel like like people are very fussy when it's hot. Very here. fussy. We like, like to pride ourselves on like we can we can last in the coldest weather and the most brutal weather in the country. Right. And yet when it's like 85 with no wind, people start to complain. <laughs> right. And count me as one of those people. <laughs> it's so hot. It's so hot. Oh, I need a Subway cookie just to get through the day. Um, um, yeah, what's, I, what, I feel like the big stories right now are obviously, you know, Trump's tweets. Uh, God, I don't I'm, know if that's like getting beaten to death. No, it's not. It's, it's actually not. It's actually not. I would love to talk about it. What do you, first, what do you think about it? Because I, think I it's have a crazy, like it's, you know, it's certainly wild. Like crossing another line for sure. But I've read a lot of good stuff on, you know, people saying like, it's also foolish to say we didn't know this. This is how he was. So, Hillary Clinton, love her or don't love her. I love her. Hillary Clinton literally said in a debate that he is racist. Like he was like you race. She was like you're racist. And uh, yeah, to me the the like the crazy thing is like why are people surprised? Yeah. Like the it's almost like I'm frustrated because the outrage like there. are... There's, there's, there are actions happening that are actually outrageous, that are really outrageous. This is unacceptable, but it's not cause for outrage. I, I, no, I don't know. I'm not sure to the extent to which it's, it is um, it is cause for outrage because it's like, you're surprised why. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I've, uh, I heard a really sort of striking news report on the radio where the, the news was about how Democrats are responding to it. And and they basically were laying out like uh, this person said it was basically like racist adjacent, and they like showed the progression of how like it took up the weekend for Democrats to finally say that he was being racist. I'm like, why are we focusing on also what the, does racist adjacent mean? I mean, like that, that's, that's basically shit. like what they were alluding to, right? Right. Like what like, does they mean? were like? It's kind of barely like is it racist? They were questioning it, and now it, it took them days to decide that it was. It's like, why are we talking about that as though we need to 
it's like we're focusing too much on the words that we're using to even describe racism. It's like it clearly was. Well, yeah, it's just like um, like yeah, we instead of arguing over like what we're going to do about it, yeah. we argue about the like the the merits of the argument and and who's saying it at the right times like oh i was the first person to come out against the president oh, and call this, him racist this it's is like, the perfect example of woke olympics like the woke olympics have returned this is i guess the summer olympics um and it's just but i mean to be clear obviously uh and to, to also to be clear uh <laughs> crystal fucking clear i have been told that so i read this article this morning that was like there have been like 67 to 78, that's truly what it said, 67 to 78 instances of people being recorded, like the media telling someone to go back to where they came from sure. in 2016 and 2017. I was like, what? Like, I've had people tell me that so many damn times in my life. And I'm like, okay, are you telling me to go back to Alexandria or are you telling me to go back to Haiti? Like, which one is it? Sure. Um, and I know which one it is. But I just like to sort of... But the point is, like, I've been told to go back to where I came from. And I know exactly what that person meant or what those people meant in those instances. And it's like, what... I'm almost... Like, I'm irritated because the Woke Olympics, again, don't do anything to actually improve people's lives. Like, we are trying to decide whether or not or the extent to which Donald Trump, who's an asshole, is racist. But, like really like he's a dick period like he's shitty to women he's shitty to uh immigrants he's shitty to people of color he is shitty like he's just not nice and like i actually am not a person who believes that that's reflective of the people a lot of the people who support him because i believe that a lot of people support him because they do feel like they were left out the the frustrating thing about this argument is that there are those people um who do feel like they've been left out and while like for, for a lot of people in this country, you know, the economic indicators show that, you know, the country's prospering. But a lot of people, that that doesn't, um, you know, they aren't feeling the benefits of any of the, the, the increased GDP or the rising stock market or, you know. Unemployment's irre- irrelevant yeah, to them. You know, like, you know, like none of that matters. And, and unfortunately, those are people whose votes we should be out there banging the drum, being like, hey, remember that tr- uh, massive tax cut? that the Republicans passed, what was it, two years ago, I guess, uh, he, he, that they said was just going to be a boon for middle-class America and that wasn't going to be a budget buster? Okay, well, let's see. Wages are stagnating. Um, there's been minimal wage growth. Um, the, you know, like, let's do do a lot of middle-class families. Uh, are more people even able to participate in the stock market? No. Um, and this isn't to be a downer on, uh, because I do believe that like a positive message is how we win, but it's just like the country now that we're going to have a trillion dollar deficit. This, I think the second largest deficit in the country's history, um, in fiscal year, what are we, we're in fiscal year 19. So fiscal year 20, which starts in October, fiscal year 20, I think we're projected to have a trillion dollar deficit. Uh, Treasury is running out of money quicker than it needs or quicker than it thought it was. And it's going to have to raise the debt ceiling sooner than they thought. Um, and instead of talking about these things, which actually have a real impact on people's lives, frankly, regardless of who you voted for, we're sitting here diddling ourselves, trying to decide the extent to which Donald Trump is racist. And I'm just like, this is how we lose things. This yeah. is how we lose elections because we are trying. I, I've said it so many times. If we try to, 
try to uh, wage this election on on the on moral superiority and on Donald Trump's terms, which is clearly what's happening, we lose. Every time there's going to be a bad press story. I think that I've seen maybe two stories about this trillion dollar deficit. Uh, we shouldn't have a trillion dollar deficit because the economy is booming, right? Like, like we, we just shouldn't. But they did this unnecessary tax cut, which didn't have the intended effects. I'm just It doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. And it just seems like, again, as I've said on this one, I feel like we'd rather be right than win. Um, and it, it's really, really frustrating. To bring it back to your like personal experience, I mean, I feel like it's what we're doing is we're basically, you know, if somebody told you to go back to where you came from, the conversation would then be like, which one of your friends is standing up for you the most rather than like holding the person who said that accountable? Like, why are we going around within our own team and going, right? he said it was racist first or they didn't, you know, condemn it enough right. or in valuing, it's just like, you're on, you have the wrong target. Right. Well, the wrong target. And also, here's what I... Or how, did, or how would you feel like back if that sort of stuff happened to you in the uh, past? I mean, like... I don't know. I mean, it's not really apples to apples, but no, no. I think it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it's like probably some of the shit that I see a therapist for once a week. Um, you know, like uh, so. I say that with all of the, say all of this. Also, sort of the flip side is like I know that there are that words have consequences, and mm-hmm. I know. Um, I know what it's like to feel on the outside um, of various groups. I'm actually probably more used to being uh, on the outside than the inside of any sort of group that I'm in. So we can't we can't ignore the fact that words have consequences. I mean, I know what it feels like to have someone tell me to go back to where I came from, and uh, that was that. You know, in these instances, for me, it was someone that it wasn't someone that I was supposed to respect it wasn't someone that was in a position of power from uh you know and so i think that it is it's it just is really a bummer that like these are the things that we're talking about that that um yeah uh, yeah i I mean i would imagine it would be like cutting in the moment and it would hurt uh but it probably gave you a lot of fire too i mean not that that that's what we should i don't know i don't think so i think i know i don't think so i don't think that um i think it's more defeating than okay um yeah i I certainly think defeat is 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 sort of so i mean listen i'm not a not a fighter um so i i i gotta give it to the squad ladies for taking as many arrows as they continue to do. I don't agree with them on a lot of things. Um, less on policy, but more on sort of process and approach um, and style. But, um, you know, they, they just continue to take it. Um, and, you know, I, 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 would, I don't have the strength to do that, so good on them. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. A big story that's happening today is uh, the vote... Being oh. proposed for uh, was Al Green. Oh, that yeah. Uh, yeah. Voting Al to impeach. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's going to go anywhere. I, I have no. It, ins- it's important. It's significant, right? It's the first time it's actually been brought to a vote. Um, I so I I, I don't. I think this this is a vote to begin impeachment proceedings. Okay. It is not a vote to impeach him. Sure. Uh, yeah. it, it's 
I I think, and I, I don't right. even know. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, where do you stand on it? I mean, it seems like what I've sort of read about, you know, Pelosi basically just being like, it's not going to happen, and it's more divisive than anything. I mean, it's probably just a waste of time. It's more signaling than anything, I would imagine. I feel like I wouldn't mind seeing him impeached, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know the politics of it and whether or not that's actually... I mean, it will be more divisive, yeah. for sure. It would be more um, I mean, empowering for the the right to be like... To have something to run against in 2020. Right. I mean, here's the deal, is if you ask me. Um, impeachment is, should... Like, I'm not, a, I'm not a lawyer. I haven't read the Mueller report. I've generally been awake for the last two and a half years. Um... So do I think probably yeah like do I do I support Donald Trump being impeached? Of course, can't not it's it's not even that I can't stand him. I couldn't stand George Bush, but I never doubted that like George Bush had the best interests of the like George Bush is a well-intentioned American. We can I, I we can have tons of disagreements, but I don't and you know George Bush surrounded himself with a lot of people that I don't think were good, but I think George Bush is a good person. I can't say that about the president. Um, um, but here's the deal is impeachment's one of those things where like you you don't you can't swing and miss on that one because if you begin impeachment proceedings and the Senate, which you know controlled by Republicans Mitch McConnell, um, like is the Senate gonna impeach him or is the Senate gonna convict him and remove him from office? No, like that's not happening. That is not happening. Um, and then what do I see happening if we do that? I, I see Trump being able to say uh, they couldn't bring any charges in the Mueller report. They didn't impeach me. And then he's got steam going into 2020. And I just can't see it being helpful. The other unintended consequence that I wonder is other than having to look at Mike Pence's mug for a while, which would bug me, um, is do... Like, so we hate all of these terrible things that Trump is doing, and we should think of. And I mean, I would say that like, there's a great deal of incompetence there. Think of what could happen with a uh, with Mitch McConnell and a competent, uh, you know, Washington insider in Mike Pence, um, actually, who actually understands the levers of government. Like, think of the things that they could do. Then they're doing some terrible stuff now. The courts. Um, you know, lots of things by executive action, but like, think of what they could do if there was someone like Mike Pence who actually. So I, I mean, that's not to say that like we shouldn't, uh, or that that Donald Trump should not, or hasn't. That's not to say that Donald Trump has not uh, committed impeachable offenses. I'm just saying that um, we should remember the unintended consequences. Yeah, from an actual policy standpoint, you know, they'd probably be able to get more done that would be more damaging long term, as opposed to like more of the optics yeah. type harm that Trump is... Right, like, Trump, I think, is harming... Like, I don't know, I just wish that we could ignore him. Like, honestly, and this is the honest truth, I wouldn't have known, and I, I wonder how much of the country, with so many of the things that he says and does that are just awful, um, and I don't mean, like, deporting, uh, you know, like, detention facilities at the border. I don't mean things like that. But I mean the stupid ass stuff that he tweets. I don't follow him on Twitter. I don't watch cable news. I don't 
generally read, um, you know, I guess I do read, like, print media. But the point is that, like, I don't know most of the really crazy things that he says until it's repeated mm-hmm. by people on our side. And sometimes I'm just like, maybe we should just, like, stop being his mi- his mouthpiece. Yeah. Think of what would happen if we would just sort of let the dumb stuff that he says go out into the ether instead of, like, magnifying it um, and sort of giving it exactly what he wants. I just feel so often, like, the, Donald Trump's game is not... Uh, it's, there's, it's not a new playbook every week. It's the same play. Yeah. It's the same play. Say something outrageous uh, through some medium or, like, slip it in somewhere strange and then cause outrage, get us to repeat it over and over again. And, you know, here we are a whole week. We should have been talking about this, the the, the debt ceiling, nearing the debt ceiling and uh, trillion-dollar deficit, and we've been talking about this. I mean, I so, guess part of, the, part of, like, the genius of what of his strategy, if you want to call it brilliant. Strategy, it's brilliant. Is, is the frequency about, when, about which we hear from him. I mean, I feel like his use of Twitter, like... There's a story every week, if not multiple times a week, on what he's saying, mm-hmm. and that's what the media focuses on, and that's why we're not talking about the debt ceiling, you know, the right. The debt it's like stuff that actually, like stuff that happens. So yeah. it's like, yeah, that's. I just think back on like Obama, like you'd watch a press, a press release, um, or what press briefing, press briefing, yeah, press briefings, yeah. and that's when you'd hear from him, right. That was pretty. Well, I mean, there just was, yeah, there just wasn't. It was more in a, like his the president would speak in an official capacity, and that was about it. Right, because um, I think like yeah, it's just totally different views of the office. Like Donald Trump views himself as the office, and I think like pretty much the forty four people who went before seemed well, maybe except ask, Nixon. Do you think you had a? <laughs> do you think you had a president? Like your knowledge of history, like do you know about a president that kind of approach it in the same way that he did they could like own like, the news cycle this yeah, well well or even like you know stepped out of the decorum of the office in some ways at relative to the time and kind of made it their own i think teddy roosevelt yeah who's my favorite president um how did he do that uh, i mean teddy roosevelt's the first president who you know he would have daily press briefings um and he was the first president to like not view the press in this super antagonistic way. Like, he would actually, like, get, you know, engage with the press. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't... Um, I just feel like when you think about his, you know, history repeats itself, obviously that's kind of a... History doesn't... As Ken Burns says, or, yeah, Ken Burns, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And... Yeah, but I feel like the tendency to... to to look at Trump and say he's a dictator, he's a Hitler, he's whatever. I mean, that's that's kind of lazy. It's kind of true, but it's kind of lazy. I'd, I'd yeah, be more curious like, to see like how that actually applies to the American uh, political system. Like, what, who does he represent uh, in our past? Like and, stylistically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that there's an example, just because I don't think. Uh, I mean, you know, the 24-hour news cycle didn't exist mm-hmm. until I don't know when CNN was invented. Um, uh, Ted Turner. When did he do that? Um, so you know, like Twitter, Facebook, just yeah, sort of just like totally new media didn't exist. Um, uh, but you know, I think other presidents have revolutionized. Teddy Roosevelt being one. Uh, FDR with fireside chats. Um, Nixon just generally hating the press. Um, I kind of like Nixon. He's funny and strange, um, and really neurotic. Um, 
sociopath, probably. But yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. So, John Paul Stevens, the former Supreme Court Justice, third longest, I think, serving Supreme Court Justice, 34, 1975 to 1910, to that's 35 years. Uh, probably 34, because it wasn't a full year. Um, he died. Um, he was 99. That's a good run. I, I like... I like when people live a long time. Yeah. I'm pro-life. Nineties no is good, um, yeah. uh, And he was, like, playing tennis and stuff, but he's he uh, he's appointed by Gerald Ford. Um, Gerald Ford, like, the accidental president. Um, and appointed by Ford, um, everyone thought that he was going to be, like, a decent conservative, and then he ended up being, like, the... He was the senior associate justice, and he, like, led the... Um, the liberal wing of the the court okay. until his he was replaced by Elena Kagan in 2010. Um, but he wrote, uh, I, I don't know if he wrote the opinion, but I know that he wrote the dissent in Citizens United, the terrible case that has caused the precipitous decline of our democracy um, in allowing unlimited campaign funds or certain entities to um, uh, contribute unlimited campaign funds and basically asserted that money is speech um, protected under the First Amendment. He wrote the dissent to that, which I think was great. Um, good man. And I think he voted in the majority in 2003 in um, I want to say Loving versus Texas, but that's Loving versus Virginia. Um, what was the case? Um, is it Loving versus Texas? What? I just said it. I don't know. <laughs> Loving versus Virginia. Yeah, Loving versus Virginia was the race, the one that let um, interracial allowed interracial marriage in what 1967, 64. 67. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Lawrence v. Texas. That's what it is. Lawrence v. Texas, 2003. Um, decriminalizing, I think, or uh, overturning like sodomy laws, making the gay okay. So thanks, John. That is so wild. 2003. 2003. Will and Grace was on. And I was... Nev I'm, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> Cut! <laughs> oh, I did want to say one thing. Uh, in episode three, I mistakenly said that... Uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was from Brooklyn. I was wrong. She is from Queens. Um, and I just wanted to correct the record because it's been bothering me for a week. Hey guys, thanks for sticking with us for another episode of Very Public Breakdown. If you don't already, please give us a follow on Instagram at Very Public Breakdown and on Twitter at VPub Breakdown. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear what you're interested in, what issues you're concerned about, and how we can help you avoid your own very public breakdown. Until next time, guys, take care.